welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. I'm Taylor. This week's episode, we will recap our first episode, Succession Season 3 feelings. We can't not. Then we will get to the meat of the episode, (laughs) which is uh, you, Season 3, which I still hate that show name it's just makes it so hard to say it's really really bad um have you been watching you i got a notification from our favorite app tv time and it said you is back and i was like (laughs) that sounds so dumb but it's really funny but it's back it's just no i wonder if they regret that name i was wondering the same thing and, like, the same as, like, the logo and, like, the intro. I can't... It's been so long since I watched the first season. But I was, like, I wonder if they wish that they could change some of the things that, like, Lifetime did. Mm-hmm. Like, choosing the name you. Yeah, it's a weird situation that they, like, adopted this show. They didn't start. Like, the creative vision was started by a whole different group of people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Very weird. It's fun to think about. Yeah. All right. First, we have some TV news. I'll start with... I did not realize this, and maybe you did, but did you know that Ted Lasso is supposed to only be three seasons? I only learned that from reading article or headlines about that this week. <laughs> I can't claim to article. I can't claim to read have read the articles, but I did see headlines that said that, and I learned it from Instagram. Definitely respect it. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting. I'm I'm kind of pairing two news uh, items into one. Um, but Dickinson also released their season three trailer, and that's a, only a season. They're only doing three seasons, so this is their final season. Yeah, is it like so, an Apple TV Plus thing? Yeah, like you only get three seasons. That's it. You're done. I don't mm. know. Very weird. Especially like comparing the success of Ted Lasso to the success of Dickinson. One is the most popular show on TV right now. Mm-hmm. One, like you have to beg people to watch it. <laughs> Which is not but fair. They're both good shows. Yeah. But um, it's interesting that they are planning on uh, stopping at three for Ted Lasso. The showrunner is like very adamant. Like it's a three season arc. They already planned everything ahead of time. So mm-hmm. which I love. I love when yeah. um, they're not like making up plot lines as they go along. And especially this one, because I think with Ted Lasso, we kind of talked about how it's like, um. I I didn't want it to be too affected by like audience opinions. Mm-hmm. And if they've already planned it out, then it probably won't be. Yeah. Great point. Speaking of Ted Lasso, uh the showrunner Bill Lawrence and Roy Kent in real life name is Brett Goldstein are doing another show for Apple. Um and it will star Jason Siegel. And it will be a comedy, and that's all I know about it right now. Yeah, that's all That's all I know, too. Okay, 
I'm wondering how you feel about this. They announced that Jennifer Coolidge is going to be in the second season of HBO's White Lotus, which I find really interesting because I thought the whole thing was like they were going to have like completely new characters and people. And maybe she's, I'm not sure, she might be like portraying a different character, Hmm. but I feel like that would also be kind of weird. Maybe she'll walk by in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's weird too. Um Obviously, we all love Jennifer Coolidge, so it's like, sure, more Jennifer Coolidge. Can't be mad. Great. But, yeah. like, will she just be... Maybe she'll, like, also be a guest if she's playing the same character, because if they're playing, doing it all at a new resort. But either way, kind of weird, because I, I want them to just start totally fresh. Yeah, I was already hesitant about another season, but I was okay with it since it was going to be, like, totally different. Mm-hmm. But It's like, if they were going to have... A character return I would maybe want it to be one of the really small characters on the side instead of like one of the most important characters of season one mm-hmm. but I don't know TBD um this is news that I know my mom will be really <laughs> um heartbroken over is that Mark Harmon left NCIS after 18 seasons. Has your mom mom been a big NCIS fan? My then? family loves NCIS. Wow. I did not know this about the Kennedy family. Yeah, my mom loves Mark Harmon. And um, so, yeah, kind of a TV milestone, though. 18 seasons. That's That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, best job ever, I guess. Um, Hulu released their poster and premiere date for The Great, um, which will be dropping, well, I don't know if it's week to week or not. Oh, to binge season two. Hmm. I love it when they say that. Yeah. Um, on November 19th, the poster is really fun and mm-hmm. great. And they also released some images uh, from the season. And um, Jillian Anderson is playing um, Elle Fanning's mom, which is also really fun. And she looks incredible. Yeah. I'm Yeah. I'm looking forward to season two. Didn't love season one. But Jillian Anderson coming on board is genius. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think... I have I'm I'm optimistic. Me too. Um my final piece of news is that you, the subject of the show today, already got renewed for season 4. <laughs> Can't wait to discuss that later on. We'll just leave that for what it is right now. Yeah. It's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, quick Succession episode one, season three update. We probably won't do this for every episode because <laughs> we want to save all of our thoughts and feelings for a full episode, even though we probably could spend a full episode dissecting episode by episode. True. But overall feelings, I think this is going to be an incredible season. 
I felt like I was laughing at every single line that was said. And no complaints so far. Yeah, I thought it was such a good welcome back into that world. It was chaotic. Um, I saw a meme on Twitter where someone used the the quote from 30 Rock where it's like, wow, what a week, huh? And it's like, Lemon, it's Wednesday. Someone was like, wow, what a season. And someone said, Lemon, <laughs> it's the first episode. <laughs> And that is really good and really true. Yeah, it was so relatable because it was like it was an hour long. It really felt like longer than that. There was so much um, of characters reacting to events, but also setting up what's going to happen next and also like throwing us for a loop all in episode one. Like it was just it was it was a lot and it was so great. And I felt like there was a little bit of a resolution that the two full seasons had been like building up to. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of like, wow, this is like completely new territory now. Some of the issues have been resolved. It's so funny that you say that because I hadn't really thought about how, yeah, there's been a two season buildup for then an answer that they answered in like five minutes. They're Uh like, okay, now moving on. It's like, whoa, 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 what? Well, now what am I even, (laughs) what now what's going to be the buildup to what? Like, Wow. They just they just love to like pull the rug out from under us at yeah they any do. given time and we're not prepared. The only thing you can prepare for is to be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and really good. And especially after waiting a long time, there I didn't feel like this episode had any of those kinds of like okay, now we got to like awkwardly summarize what happened. Like there was none of that. Mm-hmm. It just like you just dive right in. It felt really natural, really great. Loved mm-hmm. it. Yeah, agree. Can't wait. Yeah, now it's just um, gonna be painful waiting every week, but something to look forward truly. to. I am very excited to watch it week by week, and then to watch it all over again mm-hmm. the week of the finale. Totally. So do that with us if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so for season three of you, I mean, we're talking about a third season, so I think we'll still do, like, an overview of, like, our feelings overall and then get into spoilers, but I don't think it's a spoiler to say that in season three, Love and Joe, it's kind of like them being married and, like, having a child and moving through life as, like, two... uh murderous psychopaths mm-hmm. i guess but like living in the <laughs> suburbs yeah and like trying to appear normal yes which like jumping in a little bit that premise is already so much more interesting than this show's ever been in my opinion agree um it's so funny i mean it's now tradition that we cover this show <laughs> yeah we did this to ourselves but i'm kind of glad that i was forced to watch this season cuz didn't hate it (laughs) kind of liked it (laughs) yeah I agree um and I think that like the two villains like living together and like having a family which like especially like the whole family aspect and like living in the suburbs is such a fun thing to pair with Mm -hmm. two villains yes um so for our top three 
we are shipping our own villain couples from other villainous TV characters. You go first, Jordan. Who's the villain couple you ship? Okay, my number three, I paired up Agatha from WandaVision and uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) Which I I was actually thinking, I was like, it'll be funny if we have overlap of villains, but like we could have just paired them up with different people. We'll see. Yeah. Um, And I paired them together because they're both like, they're both really snarky and like kind of sarcastic and they're very conniving and manipulative. Um, they probably, it's funny cause it's like, am I pairing these people because I think they would like be really evil together? I guess so. <laughs> um, which kind of works because I feel like I, I've never been conflicted about hating Joe in previous seasons of you, but this season I was actually a lot of times like rooting for him in love to like get away with stuff, which like felt really weird, but it just, it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this scenario, like I hate Littlefinger so much. Do I really want him to have like magic on his side like this? Probably a bad idea, but I just kind of, <laughs> I just was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of into this pairing. I can dig it. I feel like he would have to be really submissive to her because she's the one with magic, which would be mm-hmm. a really fun um, dynamic. That's so true. She would. She definitely has the upper hand. For sure. Um, okay, my couple number three is Shane Patton, a.k.a. Jake Lacey from White Lotus, um, with Mona from Pretty Little Liars. I know I'm really sad. I didn't even consider the PLL villain. There's who? There's fifty thousand <laughs> villains to good villains to choose so from. So many villains. Wow, that's a great. But I was couple. I was trying to think of someone who could be with him and just be like totally okay with like the way that he is and just like totally in it for the access to the money and not actually having to do anything mm-hmm. and just like do her own little evil uh things on the side (laughs) yeah her little projects i mean she needs money for all the like tech equipment exactly (laughs) (laughs) wow i'm obsessed with that um that is actually so hilarious because my number two is jake lacy from white lotus wow but i paired him up with cersei from game of thrones So I'm like another is, Game of Thrones person. Really um, and with them, which it's funny because like um, you know she's a little bit older than him. He'd be kind of he's kind of like her boy toy in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was I like this idea because like Cersei would not put up with him when he's being annoying, and like his little complaints. Mm-hmm. Like I think that they could they would like both be efficient at like wreaking havoc and making people's lives miserable but like i think she would like whip him into shape of totally the attitude you know mm-hmm. and it, it's funny because like she i think is richer than him she's royalty so like mm-hmm. he would kind of be like the like she's his like sugar mama mm-hmm. so i would like to see that dynamic play out <laughs> Yeah, like, he uh, would just be, like, silent, I think. Yeah. She would be like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that that leads me to 
my number two, which is also Cersei. (laughs) (laughs) We love good villains, I guess. (laughs) With Villanelle. Ooh. Okay, I I like this twist. They're really hot. They would be really bad together. (laughs) Yes. Like, Villanelle has the brains and, like, a strategy that Cersei doesn't. And I think that they could just be deadly together. That's so funny because, like, I was just thinking of Cersei as the strategy mind of this couple. Cersei is, like, too impulsive. And maybe Villanelle has more, like, restraint. So they, Mm -hmm. yeah, I fear that world where they're together. (laughs) (laughs) Queens of whatever land they're, like, they would take over the world and it would be really scary <laughs> yes it would be but i do think villanelle, villanelle would be like obsessed with cersei oh totally mm. and cersei would love that yeah totally okay my number one um i picked this pairing pretty much for the chaos um <laughs> i picked um sue sylvester from glee with and i paired her with Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne from Kimmy Schmidt, a.k.a. John Hamm, <laughs> the cult leader. The chaos, I don't really think they would actually get very much done like the other power villain couples. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be really funny to watch. And like, I actually think I would like to see more Jane Lynch, John Hamm comedy time yeah, together. I feel like, and I was actually Googling this to see if they have done stuff together. I think they're like friends, at least like friendly acquaintances, because there's a lot of pictures of them like at events chatting and there's a picture of them like kissing as a joke, which was really weird. <laughs> so I think maybe this is something is that I could your see own in my lifetime. And image that you made. I photoshopped this. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like, I once I thought it, I couldn't get it out of my head. And I, I mean... Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne, like a pathetic but amazing villain. Like he's an idiot, but he also can brainwash. And I, I miss John Hamm being really weird and funny. We haven't seen that for a while. No, we haven't. Well, and also with the pair that that pairing, I feel like they could also be like they fell in love, got married, are in this like relationship, and now they like kind of hate each other, but mm-hmm. they're like. They've done all these things, so they, like, have to be together, but they, like, get on each other's nerves so much, and that makes me laugh really hard. I love it. Yeah, I want to watch that series. Yeah, that sounds great. My number one, mine's not chaos. It's more so, like, sad. Um. (laughs) Okay, well, I know I have to know. (laughs) I chose Ruth from Ozark and then Jesse from Breaking Bad. I know Jesse is like not the villain villain, but he is still a villain. Well, I was, I think this, that, uh, I had similar thoughts specifically about Jesse and Walter White, but like pick a character and they have done something kind of villainous and breaking bad. Yeah. But then it made me think I, when I was just looking through TV shows, I was like, wow, like so many shows now, like modern TV shows, like even the villains are so complicated that no mm-hmm. one's like a classic villain. Like you see sides of every character's stories. Totally. And yeah, even though I haven't, I still haven't watched Ozark yet, but 
knowing even without knowing or knowing like the plot line and all the characters I just feel like like I know Jesse's a tragic character and I'm assuming she's also a tragic character and it just Mm -hmm. sounds my heart's already breaking (laughs) yeah like they would just be like they'd probably be really bad for each other but they are both have like such big hearts and could also really help each other they could be terrible or really good for each other they just have to kind of choose what one they want to be Mm. wow wise words and good relationship advice for (laughs) for all you (laughs) listeners out there Uh, um okay so we kind of already covered our basic feelings on you season three um but just quickly would you say this is your favorite season of the three definitely um I feel like the previous seasons especially getting to the final episodes I usually felt like it was a slog and I was just like kind of waiting for it to be over I would be getting bored and it also usually felt really repetitive because it was repetitive. Like Joe is obsessed with a girl and he keeps killing people for her, quote unquote, like then then something bad happens. But this one brought so many new ideas into the show with having love be there too after we get the reveal that she is so similar to Joe and is also a sociopath and all this stuff. It was just, it was like a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I liked the season the best out of the three as well. I I was bored kind of frequently. It like would ebb and flow. And, mm-hmm. um, but I think that the storylines were different enough and there were other characters that kept my attention going mm-hmm. um, that I enjoyed it and especially in the end. I feel like something that was better this season, you said the other characters. I feel like mm-hmm. this is the first season where the side characters were um, actually memorable. And I thought they were pretty funny and actually added a lot to the season and like the action that was going on. Agree. Um, like when they did like a flashback and showed Shay Mitchell, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about Peach. Like, I totally forgot about, like, any of the side characters from, like, previous seasons. Yeah, exactly. And, And, like, like, Shay Mitchell is, like, more famous than most of the people in any of this show cast. And, like, who who cared about her character? She kind of sucked. I want to really highlight um, Shalita Grant. She played kind of, like, loves, like, the obnoxious influencer blogger, Instagrammer neighbor. And um, we we loved her in Search Party season three. She plays a really funny lawyer. And I felt like she brought a lot of really good energy to this season. And I just think that she's like a star. Like, I I found her so entertaining, even in this ridiculous show. And um, they did a lot of weird things with her character. But, like, I, I really liked her. I felt like... She came in with, like, a pretty complete character idea, and I think it really paid off and made the season good. Yeah, at first I felt a little bit kind of annoyed by her. Um, in like, a, I was supposed to feel that way. I, I understand that. Um, but they added a lot, of, a lot more depth to her than I was expecting, and, like, things I definitely 
wasn't anticipating or could have never guessed they would do with her. And so I thought that that was really fun. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was amazing. Okay, let's just get into spoilers because I feel like this show is way easier to talk about. Yeah, I feel like we've exhausted all the non-spoiler things we can say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My first beef was that there wasn't a recap at the beginning of the season that shared kind of what happened on the previous seasons because I feel like I forgot so much like I didn't remember how 40 died I didn't remember anything basically Mm -mm. like a lot of stuff that was like still pretty important mostly Mm -hmm. like loves family stuff like Mm -hmm. didn't even recognize her mom don't know anything about her dad for yeah Yeah. I, I had to look up how 40 died yeah and I feel like they like dropped us into this like suburban neighborhood without a lot of context how did they afford this house and these cars and like what even drew them to like I guess it's all because of love's family's money but like even that is really confusing to me Mm -hmm. all they need is like one line saying that that's where they got their money (laughs) they don't even like I mean I think we're safe to assume that it is because her family is so rich but Mm -hmm. they never at, at least as far as I know, never actually come out and confirm that. Also, now that you're saying this, like, there's no way they have health insurance. <laughs> no. And Joe's character really doesn't seem like the type of character who would, like, want to accept that from, like, Love's family. I don't know, though. Yeah. Maybe he is. I just thought they I don't know, because he kind of... So much money. He hates her family. Yes. Some logistical things that I don't think are nitpicky. I think they should have at least had one or two lines setting that up, in my opinion. Thank you. My other biggest beef is that I didn't like that they brought in COVID. This is the second show I've watched now where they've brought in COVID. They did it on the second half of season five of Billions. And they also did it on this. And I just feel like especially if you're going to like half ass it then don't do it at all because like especially in you I feel like it was really superficial and made it kind of seem like it was like post-covid but also not because it was Mm -hmm. still something everyone was talking about but like and like they were talking trying to like be all like pro vaccines but like also like you just have to fully commit to it and really portray the like the terribleness of covid or don't even go there yeah it's so easy to mess it up that it's really not fun to watch Mm -hmm. and they could have even they didn't have to mention covid so specifically they could have still had like a reference to it by still talking about the anti-vax stuff but like their baby didn't even get covid he got measles so you could have had that whole discussion (laughs) separate from covid you know yeah if you were if you absolutely had to have it be have anti-vaxxers be in this show but it's also Mm -hmm. it really it it made me confused about the timeline because they're like oh back in the pandemic and i'm like well people are still catching covid but you guys are acting like there's no like it's been completely cured Mm -hmm. because like there's no talk of masks no 
it's like how far into the future is this you know it was mm-hmm. it was just it was sloppy it was that wasn't great yeah any other things that you didn't enjoy I guess one of my beefs but it's not really fair because it's literally the show I know that Joe had to get a new obsession but that was definitely I feel like the middle of the season was the weakest because Mm -hmm. I didn't need Joe to like 100% be in on his relationship with love the whole time or whatever. Like I did think it was kind of interesting when like he was kind of afraid of love Mm -hmm. and he's not obsessed with her anymore, but it definitely is weaker when he has a new obsession on a new girl. Mm -hmm. But that that's also just me maybe like just never fully getting into the show in general because it needed to happen to even bring about all the action that wraps up the season. I think it could have been more interesting. Like a part I did find interesting was when he went on that like boys camp out and Mm -hmm. it kind of made him like, he was like wavering in his love for love. And then like he came back and he was like back in there, back Mm -hmm. in it. And I think it could have been more interesting if he like kept falling in and out would like find he would like find himself like on the hunt for a new love interest, but didn't actually um, and like maybe tried to pursue it for like half an episode or something or Mm -hmm. a full episode and then something bad happened and brought him back into love or something. But like, yeah, for that to be like a main plot point was like, okay, we get it. Yeah, that sums up exactly how I felt about it I would have liked to see more of that from love's perspective because like we've seen Joe do this now for two three seasons of his pattern of getting obsessed with a girl who likes books and then he fixates on her until he people die and if we had maybe seen been inside of love's heads head more which we did towards the end of the season which I liked when they started splitting the narration of like her thought process and so it wasn't only joe narrating everything but mm-hmm. i think that maybe if we saw inside love's head even more with her like weird relationship with um theo the next the son next door and just mm-hmm. maybe kind of spun it so we were seeing her kind of get start to have an obsession instead of just leaning back on joe obsessing over a new woman yeah i completely agree um I was enjoying the show a lot more when we would see love, especially because, like, she was the one trying to, like, solve all of the issues and problems. And it was, like, interesting to see the things that she, like, could think of. Mm-hmm. Joe didn't really do that because he just would just, like, go to the library and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I guess transitioning into things that I really enjoyed... I did really enjoy the finale because I felt like there were so many twists and turns that I could have never anticipated or expected. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really fun. However, I really wanted it to end with Love turning Joe into the police because I think it would have been a really easy sell because he was the only person on camera. She could have turned him in. And like then he would be in jail and then we could have kind of transitioned into love being the main character for the next season. Mm -hmm. And like, he could even still be alive and like a part of the show from 
jail and like through like that but um I think that would be a lot more interesting and I'm really bummed that it ended with love dying and Joe getting to Paris which is another thing that I have to question how did he get to Paris (laughs) he doesn't have money well and now he's going by a different name I mean like yeah he can lie and say his name's different but like did he get a passport like a fake ID yeah like like I would like to see if he's this mastermind that like, I guess after three seasons of getting away with literally everything, he must be a mastermind. I would like to see that process. Like, what are the logistics of him escaping like that? Mm -hmm. I would be very interested to see that. Where did he put the teeth? Did we ever find (sighs) that out? Like his the box with his toes? Which am was I traumatized by that? Lo- yes. Yes. <laughs> so that oh that was, was just that in the necessary? house. Okay. If you show someone putting a hammer and like a chisel on their foot and biting a spoon, <laughs> I'll know what's happening and I will be freaked out. Do I need to see the toes? No. <laughs> Do I need to see that bloody stump on your foot? No. Gross. Do I need to have it experience that listening to the beautiful sounds of Exile by Taylor Swift and Bonnie Vare? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Mildly tainted that song for permanently, but also it was so funny and shocking that that was happening, that that song was playing. I'll allow it because, wow, what a wild ride, but disgusting (laughs) um on that on that note the music was like I was like this is fun and good but it also felt a little bit distracting like hearing um supercut really took me out because I was like what this song is one of my favorite songs of all time and And it's like like, not new like this is post-covid and that and the boy next door is playing supercut on a (laughs) boombox and like if he's supposed to be like a call it just like didn't feel like it fit with the time and funny to be like 2021 yes and he's like oh, people of your generation, this is what happens in rom-coms. It's like, what generation is she supposed to be from? That is, Those are from movies that were came out in the 80s. And I don't mm-hmm. really think Love was born in the 80s. No. The actress is only 26, but like, even if she's supposed to be 30, she's born in 1991. Like, mm-hmm. people of movies of your generation. It was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? They like never talked would- about Lord. They like there's no reference point for that song. Amazing song. Like one of the best songs ever, but it didn't make any but sense. But kind of a deep cut and like yeah. not even it I feel like you would need to do like a more mainstream song, especially like not even for like the storyline, but for like the viewers because you is like yeah. has a very universal viewership and I bet you a lot of people didn't even know what that song was. Plus it's not it's like a breakup. It's a really sad song. Yeah. What if this happened? This is a tangent. Get ready. But <laughs> what if Netflix came up with an algorithm that they could insert songs that like they know that each viewer loves and so then they like plug in those songs? Like what if we're watching this show and other people didn't hear Exile or didn't hear Supercut? Whoa. I know that you don't have sound on this, but my mouth is like dropped on the floor <laughs> because that would be 
so eerie and very Black Mirror-esque, mm-hmm. but also so cool. But it's like, like what if I was like, how did you like that exile moment? And you're like, wait, what? And I was like, in the, in the finale episode when they play exile, and you're like, what? No, they played this song. They played like, all too well. <laughs> or um, we just have such similar music tastes that we both heard the same song. We, we probably would have gotten, we would have been, been served both of those songs. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, I mean, who's stopping Netflix from like partnering with Spotify, you know? No one. Mm, wow. There's a, there's another idea that you must pay pay us for if you decide to do that. Oh, we could make so much money and people would be so freaked out. <laughs> it would be really be creepy. Scary. Hmm. Um, I really liked Theo. Um and he reminded me of a young Ezra Miller. Like I almost kind of thought it was Ezra Miller at first. So did I. I was like, wait, is this Ezra Miller's brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, I'm a, I'm a, as you may know from our Twitter feed, I am a Scott Speedman stan for life from the show Felicity, but I legitimately thought that he was good and I thought he and Theo, he played Theo's dad and, um, I thought they were good. They were just a couple more side characters that I, I thought were, I just thought the acting was kind of bumped up a bit this season Yeah, of even, even the side characters, um, yeah, I th- I thought their dynamic was like I I understood their dynamic like they kind of have a stilted father stepdad and stepson relationship, but like they still care about each other, and I really thought that like legitimately came through. Totally. My last point I wanted to ask you about, um, it felt like there were there was way more murders in this season than there ever have before like they murdered the entire neighborhood but I honestly don't remember seasons one and two as well and so I was trying to figure out like was there an abnormal amount of dead people in this or is that normal for this show that is so funny because I was thinking at the end I was like they attempted to kill so many more people that actually ended up surviving. So I was actually surprised that there were so many survivors. Like, um, that's a good point. Sherry and uh, Carrie, their names are Sherry and Carrie (laughs) stuck in. Usually people that are in the box don't live. So I was like, they're totally, they're going to die in there was shocked that they survived. And then that both Theo and his dad also both survived. That kind of surprised me because it was like, wow, there's like kind of happy endings. Okay, because that's true. I I I would like to see maybe if someone made a graphic like kind of the body count for yeah. each season. That would be very intriguing. I'm sure someone's done it. The last thing I have to say, it's one more brilliant idea from me, is that literally the first thing I thought when he they show him walking around Paris, I was like, okay, so Emily in Paris, <laughs> you crossover because <laughs> that would. That would really get me involved in season four. It's right there. It's Netflix. You're in Paris. Would Joe be obsessed with Emily? Like, is she his next target? I think it's brilliant. I really hope some Netflix execs are listening because we've had a lot of really good ideas. Seriously. It's like, why Paris then? And, like, people love the, sh- the show you and you as a person. 
<laughs> but also wow, thanks. people really hated Emily in Paris. So I think <laughs> it, could, it could do well for Netflix to have Joe and Emily end up in a relationship and mm-hmm. see what happens. They should at least do like some kind of like web episode little bonus thing yeah like on their their youtube channel where they do like crossover things Mm -hmm. yeah where they they send all the reality stars to do Uh to do like field day games (laughs) Uh uh-huh exactly yeah i would be i feel like that would be such a missed opportunity if they did nothing with the fact that joe and emily are both in paris right now (laughs) sounds fun to me i love it all right well moral of the story we had fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, anything else to say to sum up your feelings? Um, Just that like, it's never going to be a perfect show. I actually had, yeah, I had fun watching this season. I really think they stepped it up, tried some new things, and I think it paid off. Yeah. I think I am extremely annoyed by... The internal monologue situation, narr- narration. Yes. But the show, it, I think that it really leaned into uh, being even darker than ever before, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, I don't watch this show because it's like art. I watch this show because it's like I can sit back and uh and enjoy it in a different kind of way than most TV that I watch and so it's just fun. I guess that's one more little thing why I liked it. It's like you said it leaned more into being darker and mm-hmm. that's spot on. And I think it's like they leaned into being darker, way weirder. And like they found the comedy in how dark it is and how weird it was. I think the parts that didn't work for me were when they kind of stopped being self-aware and were a little overly dramatic when it was like funny and really started to become weird. It was really strong. I thought like even early on when you have love and Joe arguing over um, how to like cover up a murder, those little moments were legitimately funny to me. And like, they're both frustrated with each other because they each have like, different techniques of killing someone and like that's so messed up but like they found like comedy in that and making it like kind of a bickering couple but they literally are murderers and it just really like kind of worked for me I thought it was really interesting and fun and so that's why I'm sad that love is dead because them as a team were my favorite parts Mm -hmm. yeah I completely agree um something I think we've we talked about the last time we covered this show was like um sometimes it's hard to get a read on if they're actually self-aware or not Mm -hmm. and like the things that joe joe is saying it's like he's talking about he how he's like so woke but then is like doing all these things (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i felt like in this season they really leaned into that even more and like the uh contradiction between like him saying all these things about how love is like such a terrible person because of like who she decides to kill where Mm -hmm. like he is a good person because he's doing it out of like love for this other person 
um i felt like the contrast between those two things was really entertaining and fun yeah i i loved that like him being like repulsed by her because of the traits that he has like mm-hmm. also i forgot i just wow now it's like spiraling a little bit but i some of, <laughs> i really liked them in therapy me too so that, some of that stuff was really interesting and funny and like i don't know it, it, i think it, it kind of had a bit of um like mr and mrs smith to it like they're going to marriage counseling and trying to they're talking about assassinations that they're doing and their spies but like masking it as like a normal couple problem mm-hmm. and I just think there's a lot of like humor in that and it it was just it just really worked and I thought it was really entertaining I agree totally agree all right who is your crush of the week I legit was so enamored with seeing Scott Speedman on tv again I am just total Ben Covington stan from Felicity Days, and he's really not in that much, and I love to see him when he is, and I think he's aging really well, and I just, he's my crush of the week, big time. Yeah, he looked great. We could have even had more of him. Yeah, I wanted to kind of know more about, like, what is he tracking in the neighborhood? And, like, what was he anticipating on, on doing with the information once he did solve the crime? Because yeah. he was getting all of it illegally anyway. So, like, I would like to know, like, what his plan was if he had actually had solved it. Yeah, that's a also, great question. It was really funny when his colleague... <laughs> desperate house colleague like <laughs> said the whole entire plot summary and like she was like there's no way that is real like are you trying to make me think that this happened and this happened and this happened and it was all the stuff that actually happened <laughs> i thought that was really funny very meta okay who's your okay. crush my crush is uh Dil- dylan arnold who played theo good choice um he's really cute and I hope to see him in more things. I thought he was a cutie and a really fun character. I mean, it should have been a character that we were like really creeped out by. Mm-hmm. But I actually liked Theo. Yeah. So Me I feel too. like that's pretty impressive to make that character actually like kind of lovable. Mm-hmm. Great yeah, choice. Did a good job. All right. Well, there you have it. You, season three worth sticking with it if you've watched seasons one and two and that's all thank you for listening bye bye